You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, this your boy Frank Gore. You li- I'm listening to 49 of Rush Niners all day. That's Brain Sits Home, baby. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, man. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys. It's Saturday morning. My Longhorns just got uh, trounced again. <laughs> um, Groundhog Day. But way more important than that, man, the 49ers are coming off of a win, and they have an extremely favorable matchup moving forward with the Jags tomorrow. Now, as we know, much more so than almost any team in the NFL, no win is a given. That is not the situation that we are at currently. But there's a lot of promising things out there, and we're going to detail them in spades. Um, We're going to go through basically everything that there is to know, not only about where the 49ers currently are with injuries, um, all those things, but also where are the Rams? Where are those guys, or sorry, not the Rams, I'm sorry, uh, where are the Jaguars, and what does that look like where their team is, where their strengths are, weaknesses? It was really weird going through their film because they're bad. They're a very bad football team. There's, I don't think anybody wants to disagree with that, but man, there are some clips, you know, especially in that Bills game, which they beat the Bills, that's saying something, where you're just like, huh, uh, <laughs> this team has something. But what does that look like? You know what I mean? And again, it shows up and disappears. And so the 49ers have been wildly inconsistent this year. There's no doubt about that, really, last two years in a row. You watch that Jags game, uh, any Jags game, and it's like, all right, hold my beer. And and it's just, they're a bad football team. They're very poorly coached. And so we're going to jump into that now. Where are they? Okay, they're 2-7, and seven, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And their losses, they're, they, obviously they lost seven games. They lost to the Texans by 16. Texans are, I think, <laughs> I think probably the worst team in the NFL currently. They lost to the Broncos by 10, Cards by 12, Bengals by 3, Titans by 18. The Seahawks beat them by 24, and the Colts beat them by 6. Now, they're two wins. Just so happens, 
They were both of their last two home games. So they're kind of cooking up something at home and establishing that. They beat the Bills by three, and they beat the Dolphins by three. And so the NFL this year, I'll say this, never, ever in all the years that I've covered the NFL or just been a fan have we seen so much parity. And this is exactly what the NFL wants. They want every week to be... We should win, but you can't overlook them. There's no locks. Uh, <laughs> there's no locks. And Kyle Shanahan kind of led off with this in his press conference this week. Thank you to Juan Salas, as always, uh, for the clips. But listen to Kyle. And some of this is coach speak. Some of it I kind of agree with. I said, you know, Jacksonville is pretty easy once you start watching the tape not to overlook them. Um, you know, you talk as a coach, you read the numbers and stuff, but when you watch the tape, they'll see, as they've seen today, this morning, that they're a good team and they're getting a lot better. Um, I don't think that people let down um, after something like that, but you got to realize the emotions that go into a Monday night game is a little bit bigger, um, where we were coming from with how bad we had played before that. Um, so the emotions were high, and uh, so you got to watch for that stuff. Your emotions can't be high every single day, um, but that, that means we got to practice accordingly every single day and make sure that we're ready to go on Sunday. And I think there's a couple things that I really liked what he said and kind of what he alluded to. Should the 49ers win this game? Yes, 100%. But you can't have that super high emotion that you had after the Rams game. You want to carry momentum, and momentum's important. But you can't be that every single day all the time. You just can't. And so, like, you look at this game. It's not a trap game. Obviously, we're not a team that is even in the position to have a said or unsaid trap game. Uh, you're on the road. It's an early kickoff. It's a team you don't play very much. Um, and so, you, you got to be kind of excited about that. And, again, we've played two games in the history of our franchise in Jacksonville. This isn't one of those things that's just, oh, yeah, we're going to walk in there and do our thing. No, that's not how this works. Now, injuries for us, I'll say this. Uh, Hasty's out. Uh, Maurice Hurst is out. Those guys are out. Doubtful. Elijah Mitchell is doubtful with his finger. The rib plays into that as well. That was listed on the injury report, but he played through that. Um, here is the head coach again just giving a quick update on uh, Elijah Mitchell, the freaking beast rookie, at his finger. And where, where his progress is, more importantly. Um, it's just how he feels with it, and we thought it would be a little further along now. Um, it obviously isn't. That's why I couldn't go today. We're holding out hope because we still got 48 hours, but anytime that someone doesn't go today, um, it's tough. So it, he's listed as doubtful. I doubt that Elijah Mitchell plays. I, I really, really don't. Now, uh, from Terrell, he asked this. Assuming we get ahead and stay ahead, what are your expectations for Wilson as far as number of carries and overall snaps? Now, here is the issue. Let, let's be real. I've got a whole section set aside later in the podcast, but uh, Mr. Rice here, you, you're forcing me into it, and I love it. Thank you. This is a perfect question. Jeff Wilson's ready to go. We're going we're gonna to hear an update here in a second from the head coach again talking about his faith in Jeff Wilson. That's not my issue. The issue is we have a decent sample size of the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, more importantly, this year when Kyle only has one running back that he trusts. Usually that's been Elijah Mitchell. Whenever that's the situation, it's, it's not. we're not going to have the same game plan we had last week. Kyle Shanahan went into the week saying, we expect to run the ball 40 times. They ran it 44, completely blew out the Rams. It was incredible. That ain't happening this week, okay? So all of you guys that are like, you know, oh, we're going to win. We've turned the corner. I think that we will win. I think that we have turned a corner. 
But the the playbook of run the ball nonstop will not be in effect this week. It cannot be because Kyle Shanahan will not pepper one running back whenever they don't have a backup. Um, he gets scared. He really, really does. He gets tentative in calling run plays. Now, I expect, um, you know, again, I'll, I'll jump down to my predictions, which we're going to get to. Th these are always our longest episodes, and I think that's a great thing. Um, but I fully expect Jeff Wilson to get 15 carries. And that's it. I don't expect him to get more than 15. Um, you know, my bookie doesn't have the all the bets out yet on carries because they're waiting to make sure Elijah Mitchell is ruled out, which we should find out soon here. Um, within the hour, to be honest with you. So I think 15 carries for Jeff Wilson, and I think that he'll get some targets in the run game as well. Trey Sermon, I don't expect much. I, I just Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust him. That's just all there is. But who does Kyle Shanahan trust? It's Jeff Wilson. I mean, the first time Jeff came out there, he looked exactly like the guy he's been. Um, Jeff's got plays with so much energy. The way you guys see him in games is exactly how he is in practice. So our team feeds off him a ton. And, um, you know, the more practice he's gotten, the more he's got his legs under him. And it's ready to go. So I, I fully expect Elijah Mitchell – I'm sorry, Elijah Mitchell's out. I, I think Jeff Wilson's going to be the guy. And Trey Sermon is an injury-only type guy that will come in. I think Kyle Juszczyk will be the third down back. Yeah, I think that's what we've seen. I think that's what we'll continue to see. Now, this question, I think this is good, Mr. Superfly. Do you think Kyle has to be really good for Jimmy to be good as well? They definitely are joined at the hip. The one thing that I would add is Jimmy, Jimmy's been pretty good this year. Now, who is Jimmy Garoppolo? He's a slightly above average quarterback. That's just where I have him pegged, kind of that 12 to 15 range quarterback. When everything is going well, man, he's great. And where is Jimmy at his best? It's third down, converting third downs. I think we went six for six to start the game last week. And so if he can continue that, then great. The problem is he has been dependent upon the running game for success. Can that happen? Back to what I said, when Kyle Shanahan only has one running back that he trusts. And so that's an issue. So we'll have to see. But again, this was kind of Jimmy's coming out party. If you go back to 2017, right after we traded him, when we played the Jaguars, now this was in, um, I don't think it was Santa, yeah, it was Santa Clara at that time. It was not Candlestick. But this is when we blew them up. That's when they went to the NFC Championship, you remember. They had Clayus Campbell, Jalen Ramsey, all that stuff, Allen Robinson. And we went in and just put a drumming on them. Uh, so there's a lot to this game that is important. And I said this, a few weeks ago, when the 49ers played the Bears, I said, I don't think that this game is a game that can prove how good the 49ers are. I think that this is a game that can prove how bad the 49ers are. And so what, what I'm meaning is, this is a game the 49ers are supposed to win. They're almost a full touchdown favorite. They were last night. The line's moved. I think it's at six and a half currently. You're supposed to win this game. And so if you win this game, does it prove how good you are and that you're playoff bound and all this stuff? I don't believe that to be the case. Very similar with Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a game that should have sustainable success on the offensive level and I fully expect that. Everybody should expect that. If he doesn't do that, then it kind of checks you back. But if Jimmy G goes out and balls out again, which this would be his fourth good game in a row, good to great game. Last week I would put in the great category. Um, but... Again, that would be four solid games in a row. That's awesome. That's what you want. That's what you want to see moving forward. So we'll have to see what that looks like. Now, staying in the positive sense, the 49ers are getting some players back. Two huge players, two starter-level players, Jaquaski Tart and Dre Greenlaw. 
Now, each one of them are on very different timetables to return. Even though they were activated off IR and practicing this week, it does not necessarily mean that both of them are jumping back into their starting positions. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think either one of them really should be right now in their current situation. Hopefully, if they have a good week of practice. Are you talking about Tart and Greenlaw? Yes, their their practice window is starting this week, and hopefully that they're good enough to go on Sunday. So you guys haven't used the practice window, the whole practice window. Do you guys pretty much have the philosophy that when they're ready to practice, they're ready to play? Um, no, I mean I think um, I think it depends on each guy. Uh, some guys had longer injuries that, and we're trying. I mean Greenlaw, we've been trying to get back each week for a little bit, but his injury is a lot longer. Or we've had some guys who were, you know exactly at two and a half, three weeks, and you're right there, so you know when they come back, they're fully healthy. Other guys, they got to get back, and they got to prove it, even even with Kittle. Um, you know, he wasn't, he had to prove it throughout practice, and that's why we kind of eased him in. Um, last thing you want to do, and we want Greenlaw back very badly, um, but we don't want him to go too fast and only get him for one game. And so, again, the, the 49ers have this wonderful problem. I'll call it a problem because I – the way in which to handle it is interesting, right? So uh, there are consequences if it's handled incorrectly. So you have Drake Greenlaw and Aziz, both of them awesome. You have Tart and Hufanga, both of them awesome. How do you handle that? Well, I think the first one that you have to look at is Joukowsky, Tart, and Hufanga. Uh, there's no doubt that Tart is a starting level safety with upside. All right, he's been around for a long time. He's been with the 49ers his entire career. I do believe this will probably be his last year with the 49ers. I don't think that he wanted to sign back with the 49ers this year, but with COVID and the small cap and all those things, there just wasn't a market out there. So he took a one-year deal to come back and prove it, um, and he's been good. He's been good. How has Hufunga been? Way better. Way better. Now, is it wrong to start Tart? No, it's not. Is it wrong to start Hufunga? No, it's not. It, you're, it's one of those choices that you can make that you're not wrong. That's a luxury because now we have three safeties that are starting level. Personally, I would say with Hufanga. He's only got two missed tackles on the year. Tart, I think he's got seven already. Um, Hufunga's giving up, I think, a 28-point fewer passer rating than Tart has this year. But again, this is it. Tart's great. If you want to put Tart back in, and shout out to... Um, to George last night uh, when we were hanging out for the 40 Hours Rush Zoom hangout over on Patreon, which was awesome. The 40 Hours Brain Trust, uh, y'all are missing out on this. It's, it's one of the best, most informative conversations in the week that exist out there for the 49ers. But he put this out there like, what if Tart moves in to the starting spot, Ufunga becomes the dime safety again, which he was early on, and then goes back to all special teams. You go back to Hufanga when he was first drafted, right? What was his comments, his goal? My goal is to be a Pro Bowl special teamer. You could achieve that goal. Or you keep Tart. Or I'm sorry, you keep Hufanga starting, who's been electric playmaking all over the place. He had that one bad play against Christian Kirk where he got beat deep. But then you move Tart in on nickel situations or dime situations. Like you have flexibility now, which is great. Now let's flip side, let's talk linebackers. Because I think it's a different path. Because Greenlaw's injury, which was a groin, had to have surgery. It's different, okay? And Kyle Shedhan detailed this and kind of let out a little more information that I think he wanted to. But pay attention to the way in which Shanahan phrases 
Drake Greenlaw coming back? Um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Greenlaw's played extremely high level too. Um, you know, I think Greenlaw's done a hell of a job in his career here for us. Um, you know, he's just getting back into practice for the first time in a while. So I do think it would be hard to unseat um, Aziz right away um, just because of what Aziz has done. He's played at a high level, and uh, I think that'll take Greenlaw a while to have the chance to pass him up again. So that's a whole nother argument. Again, you could bring, and we saw this with Quan Alexander on the Super Bowl run in 2019, right? Quan gets hurt. Dre Greenlaw steps in, excels. He's the number two bat. Quan comes back early, way earlier than he should. Worst Super Bowl of any 49ers. Um, but they bring him back in the playoff run as the number three linebacker. So Marcel Harris will be moved out of the starting lineup into special teams in a backup role only. And so now I think Greenlaw will be the number three. I, I personally, I wouldn't be shocked if Greenlaw is inactive this week based off of those comments. I don't want him to be. And when Greenlaw is healthy, that dude should be the number two backer, period. Um, I love Aziz. Aziz has been great. He might be the best number three linebacker in the NFL. However, miss, what, what's been the defense's main issues this year? Missed tackling and lack of turnovers, okay? Aziz already has more missed tackles and his season this year than Dre Greenlaw has ever had in a full season, given uh, this is only Greenlaw's third season, but Greenlaw is one of the best tackling linebackers in the NFL. Look at turnovers. That's not even comparable. Dre Greenlaw is a turnover, not machine, but one of the, again, look at the interception versus Russ. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just different. So I'm not knocking Aziz. I'm not knocking Tart. Both of them are incredible. I would love for Aziz to be our number two long-term. But Dre Greenlaw, I think, offers and solidifies the issue that the 49ers have had on defense. Again, tackling and turnovers and penalties. You fix those things, eh, we were, we're cooking with something. And that's, that's what I see. Tommy, uh, appreciate the gift, my friend. He says, will they exploit the Jags trash secondary? Man, and my players to exploit, which we're going to get to, yeah, three of the players on the Jaguars defense that you can light up, both their corners and their safety. It's not a good secondary by any stretch. Now, they are young, and they have some potential, which is who the Jags are, right? Potential just means you haven't done it yet. But I think that's what it's going to be. I, I really, really do. And I'll save more of that, Tommy, for whenever we get to the whole issue with what the Jags' defense is good at and bad at because they're really good against the run. They're really bad against the pass. And Kyle Shanahan will give whatever it is you take from him. Um, whatever it is you're going to allow him to take. And so we've seen that, and I think we're going to see that again. What's up, Johan? Uh, glad to be with you, man. Uh, love from Ireland. It's freaking awesome. This is incredible. All right. Now, them, they don't have many guys out. They've got their linebacker, Dakota Allen, and that's it. Their running back, probably the best player on their offense, maybe even their team, James Robinson, he's questionable and limited all week, but he will play. So... They don't have a lot of major issues, I would say. So let's jump in, and I think this is important. Let's talk about the history of this matchup and what the 49ers have to look forward to for the next half of the season. You know, there's one or two teams every year that it seems like end up with a 13-3, 14-2 type record. Um, but after that, I mean, there's very it's very rarely that many teams aren't playing that last week of the season with playing for something, whether it's a seeding in the playoffs or whether it's just to get in the playoffs. So, like, I always think it's so competitive, and um, that's what I think is so cool about the NFL. I mean, the you, know, you watch Jacksonville, and you can see why 
they beat Buffalo. It doesn't look surprising when you watch the tape. Um, I know the records and what people predict to be Super Bowl teams are not always makes it a surprise, but that's, I think, why everyone loves watching the NFL because every game can be like that. You have to play very well to win consistently, and I don't think people get how hard it is for the players emotionally and physically to do that every single week um, for this long. And I mean, that's why people, that's why the thought of 17 games sounded so crazy to guys, because it's just, just the people in it, um, how much 16 felt like. And um, that's why it's um, so important for people to take care of themselves when it goes to sleeping, to taking care of your body, to only investing in football throughout the year. There's so much there to unpack, but I think it's such a good clip because man, 17 games is a lot. You play Monday night, now you got to fly across the country, early kickoff. Like, that messes with your body. Now, if we look at where the 49ers and Jaguars are historically, it's pretty weird. They haven't really played. They've only played each other five times. And so then I started doing some digging, and I put this out on Twitter. The 49ers have played the Jaguars the second fewest time of any other team in NFL history. So I'm going to ask you guys this. Put this in the, the, the comments. Let's see who can get it. Which team have the 49ers played the fewest in their history? Current NFL team, mind you. Which team have the 49ers played the fewest times? Um, current NFL team have they played the fewest times? Jaguars were second fewest with five games. They played one team four times. So I'll see who can throw that up in the comments. But... You look at it, we played the Jags five times, and man, we're three and two against them. Now, we've won the last three, and one of those games was in London. That was the Colin Kaepernick, like, huge uh, game where he went off and whatever else. But we lead the series 3-2, and even though there's not, like, a huge history between these two teams again um shout out to uh at history kss he he let me the 49ers haven't even scored a touchdown in jacksonville in their two games there they haven't scored a touchdown so their first score against them will be their first now the question is this why they do not have a lot of on-field history against each other there's a huge overlap in personnel and front office and players Trent Baalke's their GM. <laughs> I mean, that's hilarious in and of itself. You got C.J. Beathard, George Kittle's roommate slash best friend, used to be quarterback for the 49ers. He's their backup. We, I don't expect to see him on the field. Carlos Hyde, El Guapo, talking trash against the 49ers. He's going to be serving a backup role. Tavon Austin. Um, and then you can look at the Seattle connections, right? Shaquille Griffin. He was with the Seattle for his entire career. He's the starting corner now. For the Jaguars. And then you look at Dara Bevel. He was the offensive coordinator for Seattle for seven years. Now he's their OC. Given this is mostly Urban Meyer's team. But the parallels, the overlaps, there's a lot. There's a lot of storylines there. And believe me. Believe you me whenever I say this. It matters to the players. It matters to the players. Um, th these relationships and all those things. Because they're hitting each other up on the phone. They're texting each other. Whatever else. And they're basically saying, hey, we're coming for you. And they talk trash to each other. It's what it is. A couple people got it. Very good. The Texans, um, Eli, very good. Paul, I see you got that as well. The Texans are the team the 49ers have played the fewest in NFL history. And on top of that, we play the Jaguars and we play the Texans later this year. So both those will get ticked up by one. Um, so the Texans will still remain the fewest team played by the 49ers. And yeah, Jason, Balky is one of my trigger words. I'm with you. 
Um, whenever I say balky, two things come to mind. Seventh rounders, ACLs. But there were some good times. There were some good picks in there for sure. But I'm with you, Debbie. I get the PTSD. Ugh, I don't like it either. Now, good news. Man, I just unpacked a box from Pristine Auction, which is unreal. I got autographed jerseys from Frank Gore. I got Patrick Willis. I got Jerry Rice. I mean, we got so many signed jerseys that we're going to be giving away at the next 49ers Rush Road Trip, and it's the last game of the season. And I know a lot of you guys are out there in Jacksonville right now having a blast. Send me those pictures. I love that people are sending me that stuff, tagging me. I, I want to put. I want to build the faithful. That's the whole idea. If you haven't yet, go get your tickets, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Man, check out this freaking hype video that Dell put together from Chicago. It was incredible. Be a part of the faithful and look like this. We are better than so many other families because of this. We show up, we show out, faithful men, faithful families. It gets me pumped up, man, seeing that. Please come out, hang out. We've got an awesome party set up on the beach in Hermosa. We've got a huge venue set up. We're trying to work on the tailgate. I hope that's coming up into fruition. I'll let you guys know the details of that as well. But don't wait. Um, again, our, our spots for hotels right on the beach, which are like 70 bucks off every night. Um, we only have limited spots for those available. But the party Saturday night, head over there, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Get your tickets. Get that reserved. Now, Let's jump into the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Their defensive coordinator, Joe Cullen, this is first year as a DC, and it shows. So it's, you know, we have a first-year DC. They have a first-year DC as well. Joe Cullen. Um, now, he was a DC at the college level for the Indiana Hoosiers and the Richmond uh, Fighting Spiders, um, which, again, smaller schools, whatever. Indiana's not small, but uh, Richmond for sure. Now, he's been a D-line coach in the NFL for almost his entire career. Um, he was with the Ravens as their D-line guy for five years before this. Before that, it was Bucks, Browns, Jags. I mean, he's coached with Marinelli, Malarkey, John Harbaugh, and that's kind of what you see when you watch this defense. It's a standard kind of four-man front. They do a little bit of two safeties, but they're not really good at anything. How much of that is the kind of personnel? Uh, the personnel's not bad. But again, listen to these defensive ranks for the Jaguars. They're fourth in touchdown passes allowed, only 11 on the year. That's really good. Fifth in yards per rush allowed. That's it. Those are the only two things that are in the top half of the league. And the yards per rush, I think, is interesting. Only 3.9. Listen to Mike McDaniels, ROC, in theory, ROC, talk about what this Jaguars defense does to the running game. Very well coached. Um, very, a very prideful defense. 
you see a team that plays very hard and they're very sound. So that that speaks to um, what you've what you're referencing. There's not a lot of explosive runs on them because they're playing a team defense, and you can tell they pride themselves on that. So you're not going to get free yardage here, here, there. You're going to have to earn it. Um, so that that's the new challenge this week. There's always various challenges. Um, they they are a great group, a lot of really good players, but man, they do not take downs off, and you can tell they do not like um, run plays going for more than six, seven yards. They they tighten it up and they they really try to um, make sure that if you're going to get yards, you're going to earn it. So again, like I'm going to play another clip clip that's going to contradict that later on. But pay attention to this. The 49ers are down running backs. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis, more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So, download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This game does not script like last week, at least for the offensive play calling. So people are going to be a little more frustrated. Um, I don't think it's going to be where Kyle completely abandons the run and only has 11 rush attempts. Um like we saw in our loss um, against the Cardinals a few weeks ago. I don't think it's going to be that bad. But I don't expect us to hit 25 carries. We were at 44 last week. I don't expect that. Now you look at the defenses, and again, pay attention to these ranks. They're awful. It's out of 32 teams. They're dead last. 32nd in turnovers. Only five on the year. They played nine games. 30th, fourth downs. Like, you, you can move the ball of this team. 28th on rushing touchdowns. They don't give up big rushing yardage, but you can get that three to four yard run. 28th in yards per pass. Again, secondary's bad. 27th in points allowed. They're giving up on average 26 points a game. 
which is saying a lot. They haven't scored over 23 points once all year. So their defense gives up points, 25th in passing yards. They average 260 yards passing games, passing yards allowed per game. You could throw the ball on this. Now the issue, and again, I think this is key. You go back to the Rams. Why were the 49ers able to run the ball so often? One, we got an early lead. Two turnovers. Three, we had two backs that we trusted. But four, and I think this is important when it comes to Kyle Shanahan, the Rams run the most too high safety look in the NFL. We run a box number counting. And if there's two high safeties, that's where you get the kid, 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 kid call, where we will audible to a run because we like the numbers. The problem is, yes, the Jacksonville Jaguars run some too high system, but not near as much as what we saw last week. Now, listen to McDaniel talk about, again, why we were able to run the ball so much against the Rams. You, you're very aware of um, what you've put on tape, the, th the plays that you have done um, going into that game. So uh, trying to guess what the defensive coaches are alerting their players. Um, but it's also a big part of it is uh, the LA Rams defense. They have, um, uh, you know, the Vic Fangio, Brandon Staley tree um, that Raheem Morris is doing an excellent job with. They have like seven different defensive personnel groups that they'll play to any one of your personnel groups. When you have a multiplicity like that, um, it's hard to get 11 players to see it all the same way. So one way that we've found um, to do that um, as best we can is, okay, well, what if you do um, the same play in a multiple, and you do the same play with multiple people so that, you know, half your team can get organized with all these moving parts, and then, but the defense, it's not as predictable to them. So the, some of it ha had to do with, yeah, it would be cool, but there's a good portion of it is, um, just getting the whole offense on the same page to handle the defensive looks that we were getting. So the question then comes to this, and I mean, he's not the best at press conferences yet, but I do think that he gives some kind of meat and potatoes answers that help you understand. We have to, once we know what our roles are on offense, which I mean, we're in the 10th game. Like that's, we, we should understand that we've got mostly veterans back there. Jeff Wilson's been with us for a while. Number two, it depends on what they show you. And the Jags don't do a lot of too high safety stuff. They do some, but not near as much. So I expect the rushing attempts to go down considerably. Now, you look at their tendencies on defense, blitz heavy. Last two weeks they have been. They blitzed the Colts 17 times, Bills 14 times, Seahawks and Dolphins 10 times apiece. Usually, the NFL average is about nine. So they're a little bit on the heavier side with blitzes, um, which I think is, is interesting. Players to watch out for, Josh Allen, who we're very aware of. You remember, you go back to the Bosa draft, a lot of people were calling for Josh Allen or Quinton Williams. You know, I was in the Bosa camp big time, um, and, but Josh Allen was not a wrong answer. Josh Allen's been good. Um, you know, he's been great, but not Bosa great. He's got five and a half sacks, 39 pressures, eight tackles for loss, 12 QB hits, one interception. The dude's balled out, um, but not, not Bosa level. Now, they also have Dwayne Smoot, who's got three and a half sacks, 32 pressures. Outside of that, it's not really anything. So you've got these two defensive linemen that are getting pressures and getting to the quarterback, and then that's really it. Players you can exploit. I talked about this earlier. The secondary is a mess. Their safety, Andrew Wingard, he's got 16 missed tackles. <laughs> that, that's, that's not good. Um, that's really, really bad. 
So you can take advantage of that. That's Debo territory, right? That's Kittle territory. You get the ball at the second level of the off, uh, defense, and then you make somebody miss. Their corner, Shaquille Griffith, most targeted on their team. He allows 70% completion percentage. He's given up two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 106 quarterback rating. Not good. Their other corner, who I really liked out of Georgia this year, rookie, Tyson Campbell. Pure speed athleticism. But 73% completion percentage allowed. He's given up one touchdown, no interceptions, and a 120 rating. There are players to exploit. Ayuk, Kittle, Debo. Those guys should have games. That's what this game is scripted as whenever you're just looking at the chalkboard, X's and O's. Now, before we jump to the offense, this is something that we're offering now, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, the Rush Hour. We did our very first premiere episode last week. Uh, that's available for Patreon members. Here's some more details. Guys, excited to announce a brand new kind of movement within the podcast itself, and that's called the Rush Hour. This is something I can't take credit for this. People have been emailing and asking for me to do some non-49ers content, okay? So here's what's going to happen. We're going to be doing bonus podcast episodes. The first 15 to 20 minutes, still going to be Niners focused. But the second half of the rush hour is going to be more broad topics in the NFL. Power rankings, tracking rookie uh, quarterback development, seeing schemes and some tendencies, perhaps that's changing across the NFL. Uh, Coverage-based things, things like that. So the only place to get this is bonus coverage is going to be over on Patreon. So go to patreon.com, search for 49ers Rush Podcast. It's the only place it's going to be. Now, again, not taking anything away. This isn't taking the place of our regular programming. This is just trying to provide more value for the community that supports the podcast and is helping us to become kind of what we want it to be. So uh, so best way to support the podcast is always on Patreon. So if you want a little bit extra NFL broad with some 49ers focus at the start, That's the place to get it. The Rush Hour is going to be kind of a bi-weekly thing over on Patreon. Support the show. Support the program so we can keep creating more for you. Thank you guys for all the support as always. Look forward to seeing you there. All right. uh, I love this question from Tommy. He says, isn't Jimmy good against the Blitz? You're exactly right, Tommy. Um, If you just look at 2021, and so if you look at what he has done against the Blitz, he's been blitzed. 60 times on his dropbacks. He's got four touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and has a 136 quarterback rating, which is incredible. Um, So you're exactly right. I mean, it's the highest of any factor. If you look at when Jimmy's just kept clean, 102. Under pressure, he's an 80. When he's not blitzed, he's an 86. When he is blitzed, 136. And a lot of that is when you blitz somebody... You are now creating pockets over the middle, like typically, and that's where he excels. So you are correct. I don't expect them to blitz Mutz, but I hope they do. I really, really do, because that's not where we have issues. We have issues with coverage sacks. We have issues with wide receivers not getting separation. And whenever that happens, things go downhill relatively quickly. Now, let's flip the side of the ball. Let's look at this Jaguars offense. Um, And it's interesting because it's not good. Yes, they had the number one overall pick, and listen to Fred Warner talk about uh, just how interested he is in this number one quarterback, and, uh, number one pick, and this this offense. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the talent jumps off the table. You understand why he's the number one overall pick. Um, I'm, I'm eager to see how, how tall he is in person because, I mean, he moves really well. Uh, for, I mean, they say he's like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and he moves 
like a, like a smaller guy. So um, he's not easy to get down. I know that he's pretty pretty quick, but um, the arm talent is there. Um, you know they want to get him in position to make decisive throws, um, get him going early, and that that run game is what allows him to have success. There you go. And so that's kind of where they are. That's what they are. Now, Darren Bevel is their OC, but make no mistake, this is Urban Meyer's offense with some Bevel tendencies added into it. Now, who's Bevel? You know, he was the Lions OC for the two years before this. Before that, he was the Seahawks for seven years, five years for the Vikings before that. This dude has called plays for 20 years. Um, he, He knows, he understands the offense. The problem is they just throw the ball too damn much. (laughs) I don't understand why you have a rookie quarterback and a not good offensive line and you just air it out. I know that they fall behind in a lot of games, but man, I'm telling you right now, throwing the ball as much as they are is not beneficial to your rookie quarterback at all. And it shows on tape. It shows in the metrics, shows across everything. So what are they good at? They're pretty damn good at running the ball. They're second in the NFL in yards per rush attempt, 5.1 but they don't run very much. Uh, <laughs> so they can run it well, but they do not run it often. 11th in rush yards per game, 119 yards per game. 11th in rush touchdowns per game. But again, when you fall behind as often as they do, they have to abandon it. And this is the weaknesses. 36, dead last in the NFL on third downs. Only 30%. Very, very poor. 31st, second to last, in points per game. They average 16 points a game. And so you look at it, they're giving up 27 points a game. They're scoring 16 points a game. It's just, it's not good. Uh, They broke the 20-point barrier three times this year. 23 points is their best. And two games with 21 points. Um, They just, they can't string it together. 29th passing touchdowns. 28th yards per pass. 26th in turnovers. They got 15 on the year. 26th in first downs. They do not sustain drives. They don't do it. A lot of the reason why? Mistakes. Sacks, fumbles, penalties. And then they ask this number one quarterback to bail him out. And he's looked good. He's shown flashes. It doesn't show up as well as you would like it to be. Uh, what's up, 49er George? Glad to have you. Uh, he's over on Twitch. That's what I'm talking about. Now, what are their tendencies and where do they succeed at play calling wise? They throw the ball deep, but they don't do it well. They're only 13 of 38 on passes that have 20 or more air yards. So the number is high, 38. But four touchdowns, four interceptions, it's it's not great. And a lot of those are third and 15s, third and longs, things, to wa- things like that. Players to watch out for on offense. James Robinson. He's injured. He's banged up. He's really good. (laughs) Really, really good. 5.4 yards per carry. Runs super hard. 22 receptions. Oh, 700 total yards on offense. He's good. Also, they have this one guy by the name of Jamal Agnew. He's one of those kind of X guys that I'm like, man, if he gets hot, watch out. He can take over a game. He's kind of like a Debo light, a lot smaller, but compact. And again, rush attempts, um, you know, pass, uh, screens, all that stuff. He's that guy. LaVisca Chenault does it a little bit as well. But Agnew seems to be where this offense gets its energy from whenever it is going well. So things to watch out there. Players to exploit. I think uh, Fred Warner mentioned it really well. Trevor Lawrence has shown flashes, flashes, but so many mistakes. He's got eight passing touchdowns on the year, nine interceptions, five fumbles, 58% completion percentage. That's 1980s bad. 16 sacks on top of that. 
And a big reason why those sacks take place, both of their offensive tackles are run-blocking guys, not pass-blocking guys. Cam Robinson um, out of um, Alabama, 26 pressures allowed. Juwan Taylor out of Florida, 22 pr pressures allowed. And to put that in perspective, Mike McGlinchey only allowed 13 pressures this year before he went down. Um, so, again, it's not great. That That's not – their offense is bad. Their defense is good enough to win some games. Their offense is not very good, and that's what's holding them back. Now let's look at where the money is. What's Vegas saying? And I want to say thank you, as always, to MyBookie.ag. Man, best place to bet. We've been betting with them for years. Use promo code 49ers. Double your initial deposit. Let's talk about some of our bets of the week with MyBookie.ag. Now, the line is moving. It was five, five and a half, six, jumped to seven. Now it's back to six and a half. 49ers are favored, minus six and a half points. The over-under, 45. Not a lot of points expected, and whenever I go over, again, how many points they average, 16 points a game, it kind of makes sense why. Now, here's my number one bet of the week. I'm doing a 49ers parlay. I'm crazy. I'm feeling it. Here we go. And again, if you want all of my detailed bets, I put all of those up, uh, just loaded those up over on Patreon. Again, patreon.com, 49ers podcast. You can see all those. My bet of the week. I'm swinging big this week for the 49ers. Here we go. 49ers to cover. I bought one point. So it's at six and a half. I bought one point. So the 49ers have to win by five and a half points or more. And the scoring on the game, I'm betting the under. I just do not believe in this Jacksonville Jaguars offense. I don't. Um, so, uh, and again, I bought a half of a point there. So that's 45 and a half points. So if both of those things happen, 49ers win by over five and a half, and the the total score is 45 and a half or lower, that's where we win our bet. Bet five to win 11. That's what I got there. I also have a teaser bet up there. I'm betting the 49ers to win first. And if you want more of that, some more specific player totals um, and prop bets, all you got to do is head over to Patreon. Again, those are there for everybody that is supporting that. Now let's get into, whew, here we go. Oh, Luke, we got a question real quick. Luke says, this is a perfect game for us to put other stuff on tape and run a little less around 25 times, throw a tad more, give the defense more to study. It, you're, you're not wrong. And whenever you look at our schedule, I think the most important game of the rest of the year is next week. That's the Minnesota Vikings at home. So this Jacksonville game, every game's big now as you're moving forward, especially with a four and five record. But we are .5 games out of the playoff spot. That's it. You win this game, now you're tied for that playoff spot. You, be, you beat the Vikings, then you're going to be in a very solid position. So, yeah, I'm with you right there, man. This, this game is important. Next week, probably the most important game of the year that we have left on the schedule. Um, that and then the Rams that last week, I think those are going to be it. Now, let's get into our predictions keys to the game. I've, out, I've already outlined, I do not expect the 49ers to run the ball 44 times like we saw last week. Very similar to Luke, I have it around 25. So the game plan is going to change, and a lot of that is because of Trey Sermon. Not necessarily Trey Sermon. Kyle Shanahan's faith, or lack thereof, in Trey Sermon. And let him speak for himself here. It's, I mean, I think, and I, I, you guys ask that a lot, and it's right now it's nothing against Trey. It's Trey had an opportunity when guys got hurt, and I thought he got better in each game with that. Um, but he didn't do enough for us to put him ahead of Elijah or um, Jeff. And so it's pretty much as simple as that. Like if Jeff wasn't out there or Elijah wasn't, he would have taken one of those two's roles. Um, when it came to our third downs, we always, you know, 
started out with Raheem, then it went to Hasty, and now we've gone with Juice. Um, not always wanted to put a rookie in a third down role. So uh, he had a small op- he had an opportunity when there was injuries, um, but those guys have come back, and we saw those guys ahead of him. And so those guys are still ahead of him. So the only snaps that Trey Serbin will get will be to spell Jeff Wilson on first or second downs, non-passing downs, which means not much at all. I doubt we see him um, outside of special teams. So my carry breakdown, I've got Jeff Wilson getting 15. I got Juice to get two. I got Debo to get two. And then I got Kittle or Ayuk to get one. That's only 20. Now you're going to have a couple, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo things in there. We'll have to see what it is. But I, I think 25 is kind of the limit, the ceiling. I hope I'm wrong. And I would love for Trey Sermon to get in there and get two to three carries this week. But Kyle, <laughs> whether through the press conference, through the game plan, through the snap counts, it's not Trey Sermon time. Doesn't mean it's over. It's just you, you got to wait. It's what it's going to be. And I fully expect Jimmy to throw. We're going to have some pass attempts. A lot of my bets, that my prop bets, were Jimmy G throwing the ball a considerable amount of times. And so I took those bets. Now, let's look at the defensive side. Who's going to show up? Is it the fast start defense that we saw last week come out and play and handle the game from the start? Or is it the lack of fundamentals team with penalties and missed tackles and giving up long drives? Listen to D'Amico talk about why the 49ers defense had so much success against the Rams, and can they continue this? I think as overall, you talk about fundamentals of football, like our guys, they tackle well. They play well on first and second down. They were able, we were able to get off the field on third down. What was the difference? Playmakers stepped up and made plays for us. That was the difference. You know, Jimmy Ward made, I mean, huge plays for us there, getting the interception on the first drive and coming back and getting the pick six. I think that's the difference. We play make Huff making a play on third down. Like our playmakers stepped up and made plays on third down. We tackled well. We were physical. And that was that was the difference. It was nothing glorious. It's just us owning the fundamentals of our job, being ready to go, being on it, and being where we needed to be, and just making plays. I, I love the way he says that. Fundamentals. Are you going to tackle? Are you going to get off the field on third down? And are your playmakers going to show up? You do that, there's no way in hell this Jaguars can beat you. Now, this just came out across the Twitter line here. The 49ers have activated Joukowsky Tart. But did not, I just said that this was going to happen um, at the top of this show, um, Greenlaw is not activated. They're going to take it slow with him with that injury, and there's not a huge need. Now the question is, will Tart start, or do you stay with Huff? Personally, I'd stay with Huff, put Tart in there at that dime spot and some special teams work, um, or even put Tart in as the third linebacker instead of Marcel Harris. I'd be cool with that too. Um, we'll see how that goes. But Tart, I fully expect him to play. Um We'll see if he starts and what that looks like. But, you know, we told you Greenlaw probably wasn't going to be active. I expect that next week. Um, but another thing, Devontae Harris has been activated from the practice squad. Nobody knows who this guy is. Nobody has seen him. If you remember, he made the initial 53-man roster, right? Um, and everybody's like, who the hell is this guy? Then went on IR, and it, it, it's just been whatever. So then we released him, brought him back to practice. So he's activated. Where does he fit in the pecking order? I would take Devontae Harris over Josh Norman. I would take anybody. I take uh, I don't know about number 27 over him on the outside. Uh, but anyway, we'll see. I doubt he plays. My guess is he'll just be a backup role. And curious to see if one of the rookies is now going to be a healthy scratch because of this. That's something to pay attention to. 
Uh, my guess would be Ambry Thomas would be, but ah, yeah, who knows, man? The secondary, it's a, it's a guess every time. We'll have to see what that looks like. Now, not going to blow the game away like last week and what we saw. Um, I think this game's going to have its ugly moments. I think that these are two teams that are trying to get consistency, and I think we're going to see some mishaps on both sides. I think it's going to be ugly. However, for the 49ers to lose this game, okay, a couple things have to happen. One, they got to make mistakes early. I think the 49ers can lose the turnover ratio by one and still win this game. Two, now we're in trouble. So you can't be negative two in the turnover ratio, and you've got to run the ball at least 20 times. You've got to run the ball at least 20 times. If you run the ball more than that, I think those are our two keys to victory, 20-plus rush attempts, and do not lose the turnover margin by more than one. 49ers are going to win this game. I firmly believe that. 28-17. to 17, They get to 500. We go live right here, baby, as we always do as soon as the game is over. Excited for that. Come join us. Win, lose. Cuss words therapy, rejoicing celebration. What's it going to be? The 49ers have an opportunity to kind of move up into the favorites for that seven spot. And, man, that six spot's open too. A lot of good things ahead, man. I'm excited about this game. I think it's going to be fun. Hopefully you guys enjoyed today's show. And, again, we will be back tomorrow. It's an early game, baby. Wake up early. We'll be live right after the game. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for all the support. And, as always, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.